Right. Colossians 3.22 Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, as men pleases, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Next one. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you do your work properly and you serve your masters, in this context, masters are um, the bosses, people who are over you, managers, CEOs, superintendents, principals, teachers, pastors, whoever is in authority, right? Serve them. And the Bible says that you are to serve. And we've explained over a couple of months that you must think of yourself as a servant when you are at work. You must not think of yourself as a worker. Because if you think of yourself as a worker, then all you think is, I work, I do my work, or I just do my work, and then I want my pay at the end of the month. But when you see yourself as a servant, you go there to say, what can I do to serve this company? What can I do to serve the school, church, etc.? And the Bible says that you are to serve and you are to serve as unto the Lord because from the Lord you will receive your reward. So you have to look at that. And so if you do it right, you will receive from the Lord your reward. Okay, verse 25. But he that does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done and there is no respect of persons and we read a scripture last week that says there is no favoritism. Right? So, um, and I said to you that there's so many teachings coming on grace. And if you overemphasize grace too much, and that's all you preach the whole time, or if that is all that the church hears, grace, grace, forgiven, He loves you, you His favorite, He is the apple. Um, you the apple of his eye and if you just minister that the whole time then uh, people forget that that doing right is right with the Lord you forget that you must do what is right in the sight of the Lord and so when it comes to your salvation you can say I am the apple of his eye but when it comes to your work you can't say, I'm the apple of his eye, so Lord, just give me the promotion. But you're not even doing your work right. Okay? Um, so it, it's important for you to understand that, that when it comes to the area of getting promotion, it is so important, it is so important to make sure that you do what is right. You can't do what is wrong, and then when it's time for promotion, Give in your CV or whichever or another place and then say, Jesus, I am the favorite. Uh, there's favor upon my life. Bless me, Lord. You know, but you have no interest at the place where you work. You don't give it your best. Um, you wanted that job when you came from another place or when you didn't have a job. 
you were praying for a job and then you got the job and then when you were at the job you treated that place like when when can I go home right or when is it finished I'm not enjoying it you don't give it your best and um, there was there was this uh, one pastor who said uh, he has a Bible school and he has a he has teachers working for him in the school and then the one of the guys said uh, when it was Friday and he was a TG was a TGIF and he was like TGIF what does that mean he doesn't know it and the guy said no it means thank God it's Friday <laughs> and uh, thank God it's Friday uh, what's wrong and the guy and the guy said no uh, I'm just so glad it's weekend and I can rest and I don't need to work now anymore so I can just take a break and he said don't you like working here he said no 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 I like it but you know I'm happy it's Friday he said no you know what I can make a plan for you you can take a long weekend I can fire you right now don't you like it I mean don't you give your best you don't enjoy doing your work and that stuff and the guy said and he told him no 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 you need to change your understanding and your perspective of how you come to work and so most of us have that concept if you if you going TGIF on Friday then it means from Monday you like so you have no intentions of going to your workplace to serve it, to give it your best, to see what you can do to make this place prosper. And I explained to you that the blessing upon the church of Jesus Christ, he says, if those who are blessed with faithful Abraham are the children of God, and so if you are blessed, then it means your blessing must come where you are. But that blessing works itself onto that place when you do your work in a certain way. And if you don't do it in that certain way, then it will not happen for you. And so give me Genesis uh, 39 quickly. Just a quick recap so that we're all on the same page as I go on from the Genesis 39 verse 5. Um, give me 3 verses 3. Okay, and it says here, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and then the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Now, the scripture says that his master... Let's say your boss, let's say the manager, supervisor, your teacher, your principal. How must they see that the Lord is with you? When they see the way you prosper, not in your personal life, at home, outside of where you are, but when you're at work, everything that is under you or everything that you do flourishes, prospers. And that's how they come to see that the Lord is with you. Remember, Joseph was sold as a slave to Egypt and he was now working for Potiphar. Potiphar, according from Joseph's perspective, as must know the Egyptenaar. 
right? We like to call the unbelievers the Egyptenare. And uh, so this is an unbeliever in Joseph's eyes, right? And, but the Bible says that the Lord used Joseph to bless Potiphar's house. And everything that belonged to Potiphar was blessed for Joseph's sake. And the Lord blessed him because of Joseph. Now, the, and this is where your boss must thank God the day you arrived. Not curse your God the day you arrived. Because usually when we come to places, later on it, it becomes apparent that we are Christians. And uh, if we have the opportunity, we would like to tell them maybe about Jesus. And, but then the way you do your work makes them speak bad about the God that you serve and then they don't want to know the God that you serve, right? And so it's important that you, that you make sure when you go into a workplace, it's not what you preach, it's how you live and how you serve. If you don't get the living and the serving right, then just keep quiet. Don't say anything about Jesus because it, they won't want to listen, right? Next thing, Verses 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight. That's in his master's sight. So wherever you work, grace means favor. Now, when he says Joseph found grace in his sight, it's not talking about the Lord. Otherwise, he would have said the Lord. It's not talking about Jesus. So it's not talking about the Lord. It's not talking about God. It's talking about the master, the manager, the supervisor. The principal, the teacher. You find favor with the teacher and it seems like the teacher always wants to use you and not the others. It's like there's something special upon you. That's because there's something you're doing and the way you do it makes the teacher want to take you. You find favor. You find favor with the manager. Uh, wherever you go because the way you do it. So if you're going to get favor with at your workplace, it's not going to come because you, you can't just claim it like that. You, in your relationship with Him, claim it. Okay? In your relationship with Him, your salvation taken. I am favored by God. God, there is no preacher that is more favored than me. We are all favored together. In our relationship with you are my father and I am your son. We are, you are our father. When you pray, say, our father. So in other words, we all are equal. We all, we all have favor with the father. He loves us all equally. He has the same best intentions for us all equally. Claim it. Say it. I have favor. I have grace in your sight. I am accepted in the beloved. But when you go work, and you're looking for promotion, you can't claim that. Because the Bible said in Colossians, with the Lord, there is no favoritism when it comes to the reward. So you need to know, you need to understand that with the Lord. So the Lord judges your work. The Lord looks at the way you do things. And if you don't get that right, then you won't get that favor that you are looking for. Now, obviously, 
there's the case where we don't all have sometimes good bosses. We sometimes have maybe mean teachers or we have um, managers that swear at us. Uh, if you do one thing wrong, they can, they can tell you how stupid you are. And uh, so we don't all have the benefit or the pleasure of working for good, let's say, leaders or managers, superintendents. And so once we find ourselves in such situations, when there's a certain way that the Bible is telling us to behave. And so this is important. So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 1. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters, worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine is not blasphemed. Now we've already explained what it means, the name of God. Your purpose, wherever you find yourself, is to be God's representative. You represent God wherever you go. And that doesn't matter. That can be in school. That can be at the bank. It can be in the government. It can be, it can be out in the street. It can be as teachers. It can be in your business. It can be as the owner of a business. It doesn't matter. You are the representative of God. Your first calling is to represent God. Before you even find who you are to represent God to. That is your secondary calling. But your primary calling and your first calling is to represent God. When in Genesis 1 verses 26 it says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. That means when God made man, He did not say, Let this be my apostle. He did not say, Let this be my pastor, my prophet, my evangelist or my teacher. He said, Let this man be my image. So, and he said, man, he didn't say, let the pastor be my image. He didn't say, let the apostle be my image. He said, let man be my image. So, let man represent me. So, when God created man, he created all of us for the purpose of representing him, for the purpose of revealing him, because that's what it means to be the image of God. It means that you reveal God. You put God on display. God is seen like what Joseph did. Joseph caused the Lord to be seen. And the master saw that the Lord was with him. Right? He made the Lord visible. How? By his works. So, and I said to you before that if you are lazy, then you're not going to reveal God. Because it takes works to reveal God. Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, the other reason why God created you was so that you would be to the praise of His glory. What that means is not that you sing songs. It means that when people see your good works, they sing the song because of you. So in other words, 
It is when people see you and what you do and how you do it, they start thanking God for you. And you mustn't give your boss sleepless nights because the way you do your work, he must be saying, man, I'm so glad the Lord sent me someone like you. Right? Uh, that's the way it has to be. Now, um, you are to honor your masters. And I think that is something that we have to emphasize because we don't, uh, workers or children, and in today's culture, the culture is tending to go into a, into a, into a movement of having disrespect because we are in a, in, a, in a place where fatherlessness is increasing, where mothers are left with children and the father is out somewhere else. Right? Now, in that, it becomes very difficult for us uh, or for people to grow up having respect. And so wherever we go, we might not show respect for authorities. Or you might have, you might have the thing where, where maybe you were mistreated by parents or things like that. Because, because when God wanted to create a nation, He started with the man. How did God get the nation of Israel? He took a man called Abraham and changed his name from Abraham to Abraham so you will be the father of many nations. And out of a man, he'll have families. And then out of the families, he'll produce clans. And out of the clans, he'll have a tribe. And out of the tribes will come nation. So, the, the nation is built upon families. If the families is bad, then you will have your Hitler coming into power one day. If I'm, I, I went and studied Hitler, his upbringing, he didn't have a very good upbringing at home. If those of you would, who are interested and you would like to, if you study Hitler and you look his background in his home, in his family, it was dysfunctional, it was a mess, he didn't want to be there. He is a product. It began there from the family. So where it comes out from the family. So um, when we go to our workplaces and we've had issues with authority, then it becomes difficult to show honor, to show respect. And the word honor means to esteem it means to have value now you know how easy it is to lose value for someone it's very easy the old can you need skiff cake dan is jy jy het die vir my gegroet en dan denk jy iets anders van hom um, honor in the heart when now especially when you have when you are working for someone who doesn't treat you you with respect now I know that people and leaders must treat others with respect but what if they don't treat you with respect what then 
then are you going to return disrespect with disrespect? Well, that's not what the Bible teaches us, right? The Word doesn't teach us to do that. And I showed you last week that when you don't honor in that setting, you are blocking yourself from a reward, right? Maybe we can have that scripture in Second, First uh, Peter chapter 3. Let me see which one it is. First Peter chapter 3 from verses 8. From verses 8. It says, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love us brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. So as you fluk, fluki. If your teacher is not very nice with you, don't give the same treatment back, right? Um, if the prefect in school is not very nice with you, don't give him the same treatment, right? Because God doesn't expect that from you. God expects you because you are the one who is the Christian, okay? Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing knowing that you are there unto called. You are called that when someone speaks evil of you, you have a calling to bless the person that speaks evil of you. You're looking for a calling. Everybody's looking for a calling in church. And uh, the prophets just don't seem to prophesy to you. You just don't seem to get the prophecy when the prophet is here. And you're waiting and say, Lord, say something. Show me. You're looking for calling. The Bible says you have a calling. God has called you. God has spoken over you. And God has said, I call you. That when they speak evil of you, that you should do what? Bless. That's a calling. You need to take that calling serious. Because the Bible says, um, if you don't bless when they speak evil, but you give evil for evil, then you miss the, the blessing. You will not inherit a blessing. So what do you do? You lock up on earth. And so it is locked up in heaven. Because where's all your blessings? You are blessed with all spiritual blessings where? In heavenly places. That's what the word says. So now, if you go and dishonor, if you show disrespect, if you have, give evil for evil, speak bad when they speak bad about you, what are you doing? You are locking up and you won't get the blessing. Why? Because why did God create you? He wanted you to be His image. So, it is maybe not God that is causing the struggle or the Bible says that all authorities are of God, but what they do might not be of God. That you need to understand. So when you honor, it's not so much about the person, it's about what God instituted, the order that God has established. Do you all understand that?
So in other words, if, go, if you go into a school and you come into the school and there is principals, teachers, prefects, and I can't remember the last one, uh, in the classroom when you take one of the children and you make them, is it? Class captain. Then you've got class captain and then there's you. I, me. Right? So you came and you found that order, structure, arrangement. And when you come in, into the school or into the workplace, you found that arrangement and you are to respect that arrangement. Now what people might do and how they treat you might not be of God, but the arrangement is of God. Well, the Bible says there is no authority that is not of God. So God is speaking about the authority, not so much about the person. Okay? Listen, there was husband before. The order of husband and wife was there before you got married. When you got married, you stepped into an order called husband, wife, parents, children. You stepped into that order. When you were born, you were born into that order. And you are to respect that order that you find yourself in. Right? And that's why the Bible says, Honor your father and your mother that you may go well with you. But in the book of Deuteronomy it says, Cursed be he who thinks light of his father and mother. So in other words, by the way you respond to things determines the way things respond or come to you. So who's got the key? You. So it's how you handle it. Right? And not to think that you are unique. William said something very nice when he opened up what he was saying. He said that the, the things that we are struggling is the commonality of life. Is that right? So, what you might be struggling with, don't think you're alone. It's common. Right? That's why the Bible says, there is no temptation that has overcome you, but which is not common to man. And when you make it unique, it is common. It is there. And the key is in your hand. The power is in your hand. The authority is with you. How you respond. Now, we get those authorities and then there's the authority that you have over your personal life. And the, the word government, if I mention the word government, the first thing that will go in your mind is government. Okay? President ministers, ministers of education, finance, and so on. Your mind goes there first. But the word government, if you trace it back down in history and its origin, government means to rule yourself. So, you need to know how to rule yourself. How to control yourself. How to govern yourself. And then obviously you need to learn how to le learn how to be governed by the Holy Spirit. You see, so 
as when you understand that, then you have understand that you have a responsibility of controlling yourself. You have a responsibility of ruling yourself. The scripture says, a man that can't rule his own spirit is like a city whose walls are broken down. In, and what is it about a city that has walls? What are the walls for? To protect. When there is war, when there is attack, the walls protect. But if the walls are down, the enemy can come in. So if you can't rule yourself... Oh, sorry. Ek dog ek praat starig. Okay, hoe sê? Moet ons die skrif soek. Daar is een baie mooie skrif. Okay, let me just see here. So if you don't know how to rule yourself, there's a problem with that. And you will find Right? So what does that mean? If a city's walls are down, it means the enemy can come in. So if you can't rule yourself, control yourself, it means that you'll go home tonight and you won't be able to sleep because it has all entered inside. Now the war is not on the outside, it's on the inside. <laughs> Say again? 25, 28. Okay, Proverbs 25, 28. Say down. So you will go home tonight and you will find a war taking place on the inside that you will not enjoy. Okay, 25, 20. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You will be the one fighting, battling bitterness, unforgiveness. You will be the one warring with the anger that's on the inside of you. You will be the one that's fighting. Now the war is not outside, the war is inside. The storm is not binnen die boat. Die boot. Right? Right? Do you understand? So if, um, you know, my, my, my brother, he had, with our father, he had a big battle. I, they constantly were in each other's face and saying things to one another. And, um, you know, and, um, my dad would say, why don't you die and go to hell? Some I get. And my brother would be hurt and he would just say something back. 
and my dad had a stroke and then two weeks before he passed away in the hospital he made right with the Lord he gave his heart to the Lord and um, my brother before that always tried to get a job he'd finished school he gave CVs in everywhere never got a job never and when he when my dad gave his heart to the Lord my dad just changed overnight it was it was a it was one of those encounters he just changed overnight he had my mom felt led that day to go to the hospital and she felt led uh, the Lord just uh, orchestrated everything I had met someone who was a Jew who is a Jew who converted to Christ and my dad knew him when I was growing up and my dad uh, read a lot so he knew for a Jew to accept Christ as Mulek. and when and I I met him and we were just sharing and I shared it with my mom and my mom felt just that day to share it with my dad and when they were talking about it my dad he said you know it's so hard to give your life to Christ my mom said no it's not that hard all you need to do is just pray after me so he prayed after me and she said the Lord just came into that room tears as soon as he finished praying now my mom Right? I'm not talking bad about my parents. You all know that. Right? Please. Um, and, and then immediately asked my mom, forgive me for what I did. All the things I said to you, swear, everything. The next thing, now just before my mom came in, the nurse was there and I did nurse. He but beep, 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 right? She, he just gave his heart to the Lord. He said, call the nurse, please. The nurse came and he said, please forgive me for what I did to you. How, what I said to you. When my brother came, uh, I was in Volfus and they all in Vintuk. When my brother came into the room, there was just tears because he was just saying, forgive me for everything that I said to you. And there was such reconciliation and, and so on. After that, my brother got a job just like it. Just like that. Now, the manifestation of it going well and bad with you goes differently. It, it, it manifests, it reveals itself differently. Right? And... And so, but immediately my brother got a job after that. When that reconciliation, that blessing, my dad just spoke blessing over him. And I wasn't there. And so on. obviously I also didn't have a, um, what's the word? I also wasn't so at that stage with my dad. So when my brother said, Dad had a stroke, it's not looking well. Come, he phoned me the next day, he said, it's looking bad, I think you need to come. I said, ah, okay, Took the taxi, while I'm in the taxi, on the way to Vintuk, he phones me, says, Dad just passed away. Missed it all. 
Later on, I regret having not left because I would have wanted to hear what he would have said to me after he gave his heart to the Lord. What would have been his response to me, right? And, um, and, and, but the whole time when I came there, I was fine. I wasn't crying. I wasn't, I was just like, I was not so good. I was not so good. I was not so good. Ek het maar my ding gedoen, jy het jou ding gedoen. So, right? And uh, I remember, but I remember the day I, we were going to the grave site and they had to carry the coffin. All of a sudden I wanted to carry that coffin. All of a sudden I wanted to hold it. Took it. Man, and I started to cry. And it just, it was just, I was weeping and I was like, van binnen diep geheel. And when the coffin was setting, I was crying. It was the first time I heel oor my pa. You know? And, um, and you know that, and it's so easy to lose respect, to lose honor, to lose value because of being mistreated, because of um, those type of things. And when we lose that value, you know, we can love someone and treat them with disrespect. There is a difference there also, what I am coming across. You know, sometimes I don't, I don't speak too nice to my wife, but I love my wife. And I give her some disrespect. Okay? Okay? my not so big with the attitude. There's a big with the attitude, there's a big disrespect in it. Um, but I love my wife. But the respect, to show respect always is difficult. You know, uh, sometimes the situations get tense. Right? But you have a calling. Can you take up your calling? We're all looking for calling. But we first got to find the calling in the Bible. The calling to the church. The calling to show respect. The calling to bless when you are being cursed. Why? Because when you do that, you are doing what God called you to be originally. He asked, He wanted you to be His son. Now if you're going to be God's son, you have to reveal the Father. Very important. Give me Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Verses, from verses 38. Matthew chapter 5 verses 38. It says here, You have heard that it has been said, Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. This is not evil for evil, railing for railing. This is not you don't care about me, I don't care about your work. I don't care about your company. You don't, you don't care about me, you don't show me with respect. So, I don't care if, you're, if the things you give me to work with breaks, that's your problem. That type of attitude. The Bible says, no, that's not your calling. You, are, you don't have that calling. Okay, this is what I call child of God, son of the devil. 
Because what it means to be a son, it, when you say I am a son, you automatically place upon yourself the responsibility of revealing your father. He that has seen me has seen the father, Jesus said. Immediately you place upon yourself responsibility. Do you want to call yourself a son of God? Then take up your responsibility to reveal your father. But if you have the wrong idea of your dad, you will misrepresent him because you don't understand him. You don't have the calling of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That was under the law. Okay, next one. But I say unto you that you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn himself the other also. Next one. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away your coat, let him have your coat also. Next one. I want to get to a scripture here. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him two miles. Next one. Give to him that him that asks and from him would borrow of you, turn not away. Next one. You have heard that it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I, next, but I say unto you. Now, Christians still operate by the previous verse. We still function. Give me the previous verse again. And, and this doesn't matter where you are. This is in work. Doesn't, doesn't matter if you're at another place. We, you have heard that it's been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But you see, now think about yourself. Just sit and audit yourself now. Think. I love those who love me. But I hate those who hate me. Just think and be honest. You're still operating on an old way. Jesus said, there is onis. I've got never news for you. New news. I've got another gospel. A new commandment I give unto you. Next one. Again. But I send you Love your enemies, not only your friend next door in your house. Don't only love those who love you. Okay? Bless them that curse you. You see, not railing for railing. Bless them that curse you. Now, don't, don't get caught up with the rules. Don't get caught with the rules. Get caught with the revelation of what he is saying. You need to see what he is trying to show you. He's not trying to give you a list of rules. He's trying to give you a revelation of something. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Okay, next one. That you may be children now actually the Greek word there is son not little kinnis because from, from clean kinnis 
Okay. We can expect from little children. Ja, nee, hulle sal nou nou stry met mekaar. We can expect from little children to hate their enemies. But from sons, mature sons, we can't expect that. We can't expect from mature sons, he says, oh, give me another choice, nice. That you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil. So make your blessing rise upon your boss who doesn't treat you very nicely. And sin rain on the just and on the unjust. Next one. That you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he makes... What did you do now? Oh, you went back to that. I was like, okay. For if you love them which love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the, let's say, the unbelievers the same. What is the difference then between us? Next one. Be ye therefore perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now the word perfect, don't get caught up with not making mistakes. Perfect means mature. That's what that word perfect, it means mature. He says that you may be mature, that you may be the son of your father. Now, okay, now let's, now let's change perspective of your father. You see, because we think differently of God the Father, yet a straffler for his saunders. Let him fear. Right? You see, why do you pray like that? It's because you don't know your calling and because you don't know your Father. The one you are to reveal. Now, I'm not off the topic. I'm talking about in the workplace, schools, wherever you find yourself. You are... Un- I say, who crucified Jesus? The Romans. Authorities crucified him. Someone had to say, okay. The Romans took him, crucified him. But the chief priests, they were, yeah, fatum. Take him, right? Now, so let's get a revelation of your father, right? Go back to verse 43. Because he said, if you do that, you will be sons of your father, which means you will reveal the nature of your father. So when he gave, you have heard that it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Next one, 44. But I said to love your enemies. Now I need to ask you, does your father in heaven love your enemies? He does. Does your father bless them that curse him? He did. Now you're asking how? When Jesus was on the cross, he sent his son to reveal the nature of the father. So when he sent his son, 
The son had to show who the father is. He said, I do that which I see my father do. I am here to reveal my father. So on the cross, instead of when they mocked him, and when they beat him, instead of saying, Father, don't forgive them, he said, Father, forgive them. But you see, what is the blessing of Abraham? The blessing of Abraham is to have your sins forgiven. That's what the blessing of Abraham, that's part of the blessing. When you think blessing, you think, here comes my car, here comes my nice house. But you don't connect blessing also with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the forgiveness of sins, having your sins washed, cleansed, having your sins not held against you. That you can all read in, uh, in Romans chapter 4. I don't want to go there now. You can read that in Romans chapter 4. You will see, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute his sin against him. That's what the scripture says. So to have your sins forgiven is to be blessed. Bless them that curse you. Did Jesus do that? Yes. What was he doing? He was being the son of his father when he did it. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. The Bible says that God has forgiven you for Christ's sake. So, your calling is to reveal the Father. So if you find yourself at a workplace that is not right, take up your calling. Take up the responsibility of putting your father on display. It is. Right? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 8. And I think I'll just from there start closing. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 8. At school, you have the responsibility of revealing your father. You have to be different. You can't go with the stream. You can't go with the flow of all the kids. In, in the class, you can't misbehave like them. As well as skinner, as well as skinner, or skinner, you are different. You are called to be different. You must reveal where you come from. Who is your daddy? Right? Finally, be all of one mind. No, no, no. Did I say chapter 3? I want chapter 2. I think it's chapter 2 that I'm looking for. Yeah. Chapter 2 verses 18. Chapter 2 verses 18. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 18. I had to look up to others when I was, when I was being looked down upon. 
I had my fair share. But it was all part of being trained to be a son. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Another translation will say, but also to the bad ones. Okay? Also to the bad ones. In, uh, verse 19. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. You see, there's the other problem. The other problem is churches are pastor conscious. Not God conscious. So as a pastor is Maar as die pastoor daar kom, dan moet jy alles in toon wees, jy is eeuwiskielik heilig. All of a sudden you are holy, because the pastor is around. You are too pastor conscious. You must be God conscious. You must not love right because the pastor say so. You must love right because God's word says so, and you are conscious about God. You must be aware that God is with you. You must be governed by God, not by the pastor. A reformer is God conscious. A reformer is God conscious. He does not walk according to the expectations of others. He walks according to the expectation that God has for him. And when you are God conscious, then you don't let other people influence you to change your behavior, but you are conscious by God, so you will do what God expects, what God calls you to do. My life, I've been so mistreated, and I've probably also, also hurt people, I've also had my fair share of doing my bad, right? But, because of God consciousness, I would go make right or ask for forgiveness, go and honor, maybe somewhere, because I know that what God is expecting, bless when someone is talking bad about me. They used to say, I teach doctrines of demons. Right? But, and every time I heard such things, I had to just, water what is cover, bless them. I just had to do that. Because I didn't have, I, I shouldn't have let that word, I don't let, mustn't let that word creep into my heart. I must rule over my own spirit. I must make sure my walls are up. Right? It's thankworthy if a man for conscious towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Uh, William shared last week that there, when he was working at at the one place he was mistreated, but he did what was right. Okay? So, if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, next one, 
For what glory is it? When you are buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. But when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. Coming down from masters, servants, be subject to your masters. Right? And then it goes into this. There is no glory in being the child of God, son of the devil. You can tell me the day you got born again, but I want to see the son of God. I do not want to see the son of the devil. That means you are born again, but you are revealing the works of the devil. He was a liar, you lie. Well, that's something we must also talk about, lying. Lying. Right? It's because we have, we have termed a word, or we've gotten ourselves a word that is called, No, there isn't such a thing. Lying is lying. Right? So, you, you have a, a calling, and that calling is to behave the way God is asking you to behave. Don't misunderstand your father. Your father is someone who loves the people you hate. That's what the scripture says. The people you hate and the people you dislike, your father loves them. And so you might pray to your father in a way that is Old Testament. When, when the Bible says when Jesus was walking and the people didn't want to receive him, Peter said, Lord, shall we pray like Elijah? Let fire come down from heaven. Wrong prophetic ministry. Wrong prophetic. That's old prophetic testament ministry. Prophetic ministry, Jesus says, Leicester, you don't know what spirit you are now of. You are functioning in a spirit that is not from the Father. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives. He came to save it. So you understand the changes. God loves the people you hate. That's why you get so angry when He blesses the people. Yeah, yeah, who can you? Who can you die? Oh, bless. Ek dini. Met op rechtheid. But you hate the guy. But he's blessing him. And you can't understand it. It's making you upset. Feet you on the binnenkant. Okay. Let's just pray. I know the Lord was speaking to you guys. And uh, I want to take a moment. Let the Lord just ask the Holy Spirit to show your heart.